This episode of Talking With My Mouthful is sponsored by Portugalia Marketplace. For more than 35 years, Portugalia and the Benefitis family have been supplying Portuguese cooks as well as culinary adventurers with the finest ingredients. Everything from sausages and cured meats and salt cod and flash frozen fish to kitchenware and gorgeous housewares and linens. Located in Fall River, Massachusetts, Portugalia is your one-stop shop for all things Portuguese. They ship all over the country, so visit them at portugaliamarketplace.com and tell them Amy and David sent you. Stalin? Stolen. I I always said stolen, but it's Stalin? Stolen? Stolen? Stalin? Stolen. I think it's I don't know why I'm giving it it a Yiddish thing. Stolen. (laughs) That sounds Scandinavian to me. Uh, Right. Yeah. So. I'm in the wrong part of the world. I'm geographically challenged. Okay. Hello, I'm David Leet, the founder of the website Leet's Culinaria and the author of the cookbook, The New Portuguese Table. And I'm Amy Traverso, food editor and co-host of the public television show Weekends with Yankee and author of the Apple Lovers Cookbook. And we're your hosts of Talking With My Mouthful, a podcast about food, food adjacent topics, things that have nothing to do with food but pique our interest, and in this episode, our favorite recipes for the holidays, both savory and sweet. And as we promised, we're back with three new episodes for the holidays, one of which already came out, and we also have some exciting news. So as we discussed in the last episode, we've been trying to figure out how to fund the podcast. And aside from help from a few sponsors like Portugalia Marketplace, which is sponsoring today's, it's been a mostly self-funded project. And we came to a crossroads about how long can we keep paying for this? So please stick with us for the next few minutes as we share our plans for keeping talking with my mouthful alive and well. Now, I know what you're thinking. You must be getting paid millions for all the ads that you run on your podcast because you have so many ads that run on your podcast. (laughs) Well, really, it adds up to just a few pennies per episode, maybe a couple of dollars a month. And neither Amy nor I like the ads, and we'd love to get rid of them. So here's where you come in, because we know we've heard from you. Some of you have really already stepped up to generously say we want to help. We want to keep the podcasting conversations going. We love sharing our food finds and our foibles. This is a highlight of our weeks. We love interviewing our food heroes like Jamie Oliver and Patty Heenich. And so we've set up a Patreon account and we're asking you to support us at whatever level you're able to. The great thing is there are several levels of membership. For the $5 a month level, you help keep the podcast going and you get a monthly recipe newsletter from Amy and me. Now, for the $10 a month level, you get everything at the $5 level. Plus, we'll also invite you to a monthly Zoom meetup, just like the podcast, but it's live. For $15 a month, you would get all of the above, plus access to an exclusive email address where you can ask us questions about food and life and get a personal response, plus discounts on some of our products and more on that to come. Everybody loves exclusive. And at the $25 a month level, you get all of the above plus two virtual cooking classes per year with Amy and me. And you can sit in the virtual audience for a live podcast recording, as well as getting 20% discounts on merchandise and an ad-free experience on Leet's Culinaria. I mean, come on, that is a lot right there. (laughs) 
<laughs> so as you can see, David and I just love asking for money. <laughs> this is so we natural. It's so oh, easy. Oh, God. I, it uh, is. But, it's so natural we, for us. <laughs> but we really want to see this as sort of a community effort to keep it going because we love hearing from you and we know it means a lot to some of you. So to sign up, please go to patreon.com slash Talking with my mouthful. That's patreon.com slash talking with my mouthful. We are so grateful for your support and we really, really we hope are. we can come together to make this community sustainable well into the future. Maybe we could even get back to doing a new episode every week. We would love that. Oh, imagine that. <laughs> it means a lot to us that you even listen to this whole pitch and we would so appreciate any support you can offer. Which leads us to. Mailbag time. Oh, we did that one right this time. This is from Brian Forrest. He says, oh, thank goodness you're back. I'm on the road and the Thanksgiving episode popped up and brought me joy. Mm -hmm. That's that's lovely. Indeed, we are best of friends, aren't we? Yes, I particularly enjoyed your brief chat about drive-in restaurants that may have faded from the New England landscape, but are quite present here in Hoosier Heartland. You have a standing invitation to drop by any time, and I will treat you to chili dogs of the greatest quality. In central Indiana, many places call them Spanish dogs. And homemade root beer served, yes, on the car window tray. Aww. I love those. Home for us is in Michigan City, Indiana, but it's a stone's throw from Michigan. Home of Carlson's Drive-In. The best. These culinary gems are not retro. They're just their authentic selves. You might enjoy the Indiana Foodways Alliance and its many state food trails. Thank you for your return, and I look forward to upcoming episodes. Isn't that nice? Thank you so much, Brian. I love that. I love that feeling that we're best friends because I get that. I, there are some people who make me feel that way. It thrills me that we make you feel I, yeah, that I way. I know. It's, and I love the fact that Brian's offering us and our listeners places to go, like Carlson's Drive-In. So if anyone goes to Carlson's Drive-In, please tell them Brian sent you, and then write into us and let us know how it went. I love hearing about regional specialties that I have never yeah. heard of before. It's the best. Yeah. Spanish hot dogs. That's interesting. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I wonder where that came from. Well, David, this is the part of the podcast where we talk about food news. And I have one that I just mm -hmm. want to run by you blind because I thought it was okay. funny. Uh, All right. Okay. Guess who has a new liquor, like a new 84 proof liquor that they're trying to sell? Oh, my God. So many people go through my mind, but I can't say who because I'll be canceled. Who? <laughs> Doritos. Doritos has partnered Doritos. with Empirical Spirits to release a clear liquor that smells and tastes like the real thing, minus the crunch. So, Are you serious? Yeah. I mean, it's a gimmick to get people talking about Doritos, I guess. <laughs> I guess. it. I mean, it's a pretty poor gimmick. My God. That's the way you feel. Just like lick Doritos and have some vodka. You know, why <laughs> Why buy a whole special Dorito vodka? Just lick the stuff off the Doritos. That's all you need. I just feel like- That's weird. Yeah, I just don't That's see the point it, of the kids. flavor. That's pushing it. It is, it is. Yeah. I could even and, and see a really Dorito wanna... rim on like a margarita. I could I could see that, right? Like On a, a margarita, yeah, I could see that too. I could yeah, see it, right? That's good. But a Dorito but not in the margarita? Dorito vodka? 
Yeah. So you have what, like a dirty Dorito martini or something. Yeah. You know, that's, Not, uh, ugh, no. Yeah. No, that doesn't. No. Yeah. I have more exciting news, at least for okay. me, very exciting news. So <laughs> this is this is just being announced today. It just dropped that I actually have a new spice blend kit and it's called Portuguese Ooh. Kitchen. It's made by the folks over at World Spice, and it has a pouch of my Taste of Portugal blend, which is about a year old now, plus extraordinarily good rosemary. There's Turkish bay leaves. There's Indonesian cinnamon, which, of course, you need for all those great Portuguese desserts. Real, true piri-piri peppers that have been wow. imported from Portugal and smoked paprika. And it all comes in this wonderful box. Aww. And there's a special deal. They gave us a special deal just for our listeners. If you go to worldspice.com and you use the code LC Kitchen, the first 20 people who order the kit, which is called the Portuguese Kitchen, will get 15% off. Bada bing, bada boom, because you are our listeners. So that's, that's awesome. my news. And I'm happy. Congratulations. I'm building an empire. Martha Stewart, <laughs> move over. One spice blend at a time. I'm building my own empire. <laughs> exactly. One spice blend at a time. All right. So let's get back to our normal chat. David, how has yes. your food fortnight been? And how has your holiday cooking been going so far? You know, it's going good. My, uh, just very quickly, Thanksgiving was very quiet which was fine. That's what we wanted. We had a few people over. It's exactly what we wanted. And, you know, this holiday season is different than any other holiday season for me. Mm. I, I made a decision to do it very differently. So I wrote an essay called Tis the Season to Feel Guilty, <laughs> which people can read on my website because I don't know about you, Amy, but every Monday after Thanksgiving, so Cyber Monday, I sit down at the table, I take out pencils and paper, and I make lists after lists after lists of all the people I'm gonna write Christmas cards to and then all the plans that I'm gonna make for homemade watercolor painted cards and I'm gonna design my own wrapping paper and I have menus of all these dishes I'm going to make and the 13 types of Christmas cookies I'm going to bake because I want to have 13 days of Christmas cookies because it's, you know, 13 is a, a baker's dozen. And I have all these plans and not one of them ever comes true. Mm -hmm. Not one of them do I ever follow through on. So usually by the end of the season, the one and I are scrambling trying to figure out how we're going to get cards out to people. And we always then end up defaulting to sending out New Year's Eve cards mm -hmm. or New Year's cards or something like that. I never bake cookies. I end up going to the bakery. I'm always so crazy. So this year I basically said, none of it. Yep. I am not going to do anything. My expectation is so low, so low that if I make one of those two Spanish hot dogs, It'll be a it'll be a magnificent <laughs> holiday for you. Well, you know, it'll be a magnificent holiday. Like you, I've 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 embraced a theory of radical acceptance when it comes to Christmas and all the holidays, which yeah. is basically whatever it is is great. Whatever it ends up being mm -hmm. is wonderful, and I'm going to find the joy in whatever it is because I realized that I was kind of creating suffering for myself by having this oh, idea of the perfect. Yep anything. And actually, I mean, it's the same stuff we keep learning over and over again, you know, from thought leaders, from our therapists, you know, which is being right. present in the moment and finding gratitude in the moment. And so, you know, Thanksgiving for me was lovely. And I have to say, I followed your advice, your, your Thanksgiving oh, timeline. I've never been so relaxed. Right. And there were just so many moments throughout the weekend 
I'm just standing there and being like, I love the people here at this table. I'm so grateful, just so joyful because I didn't have all these expectations. It was great. Yeah. 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 I I think it makes a big difference to really plan things out. And I like the idea of this radical acceptance because I have a fantasy of what I want my Christmas to be. Mm -hmm. It will never happen. I don't think anyone has those kind of Christmases except on television. So we even bought, I, I, I can't believe I'm gonna say this, 30 years, 29 years, we've had a real Christmas tree. Yeah. This is the first year we bought an artificial tree. Yeah. It's the kind with the hinges and it goes, whoop, and it's, <laughs> yes. there it is. It's open. Yeah. It's done. It's, and it, we bought the kind that are decorated. Oh, so we good don't for even you. Wait, you mean with lights or with like the baubles on it? With lights, with ornaments, with bows, <laughs> with, <laughs> it's just a whoop. And it's all done. And that's all we have to do. And I I don't know. I'm just really grateful because now we can look at it. We didn't argue, which we always do every year when we're decorating the tree. And we do have some decorations around the house, but I'm just taking it easy this year. Yeah. You know, I got to tell you a funny story about artificial trees. One year we bought a beautiful real tree, brought it home, and our cat, who we now know was kind of in his final months, clearly was clearly allergic. Suddenly he was having respiratory issues and he started coughing as soon as the tree came in the house. So of course we had to get rid of it. And we actually ended up selling it for like 10 bucks to a family that was struggling financially and it felt really good. So I raced over (laughs) to Home Depot and there were so few because it was pretty late in the season. And there were a few of us circling (laughs) the trees. And I saw one, there was one tree that was remotely attractive. Like it looked the most Mm -hmm. realistic. And my friend was with me. And this woman (laughs) was, she was looking at the tree I wanted. And I normally really see this season as like, I want to be my best self. I want to be my most generous self. But (laughs) she talked to the salesman about it and then she wandered off for like one minute. I grabbed that sucker. (laughs) Like I am running through. I ran. I'm running. It's a huge box. I'm like falling over myself, (laughs) running through. I'm like, get the car. (laughs) My friend, I like pay pay faster than I paid for anything in my life. My friend pulls up with the car. I throw in the back. We get in. We drive off. (laughs) It was the most grinchiest thing I've ever done, but I needed that tree. (laughs) Do you have artificial trees now? Is that what you use? So we still have that tree and we've been putting it out on the porch, but we actually last night walked down to the lot in our neighborhood where we've been going for 13 years, bought our tree. And we we bring um, Ollie's old wagon, you know, like little the little kid wagon and we strap it to the wagon and we walk home with it. You know, those things are lovely. Those are lovely to do, but you know, there comes a point where you're like, yeah, I am not keeping up with the Joneses because the Joneses live inside this head rent-free. That's where <laughs> yeah. they live. It's in, they're not across the street. They're in my head rent-free. And so I said, not this year. And I'm thoroughly you. enjoying the season. That's awesome. Yes, just do what makes you happy for Pete's sake. Yes, exactly. All right. Uh, hey, Adam, what about you? Do you guys have a, a real tree or artificial? We have an artificial tree, but doesn't come all fitted yeah. with lights and ornaments, though. We still got to do that part ourselves. And it doesn't go... Whoop. Right? None of that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. But one of the cool things we do, I will say about the ornaments, though, is my parents started this tradition. So my parents mm-hmm. always bought 
myself and my siblings one new ornament a year that represented something that we accomplished or did throughout the year. Aww. That's lovely. We do that for our kids. So now the tree is oh. just, a, it's like a, yeah. a living memory display. It's like a scrapbook. Yeah. Yeah. So every year it's looking back at what we did, you know, through the course of the years. And then, you know, we get to present the kids usually on Christmas Eve, we'll give them their new ornament. So Aww. it's the fun thing. Lovely. It is lovely. We do that when we travel, we buy an ornament. You do? You? A friends of ours, they give us ornaments. Like a, when we were in Paris, there was a friend of ours who was in Paris at the same time, and she gave us this beautiful Eiffel Tower ornament, which is actually on our mantle. You know, one of the things I was thinking about what you said, Adam, we don't have a lot of traditions around trees or anything like that in my family growing up. But one of the things my grandparents always did, and then my parents took it over, is every New Year's Day, you would get a dollar bill and they would sign their name on it. Wow. Uh, and you would put it in your wallet because the whole thing is that no matter what happens, do not spend this dollar bill and you will never be broke. Hmm. You will never be broke. So I have, I don't know, three, four dozen dollar bills for my grandparents and for my parents. And it's just a lovely thing. They're tucked in my wallet, some are in my drawer. And it's, that's one of the traditions that we have. That's lovely. I like that I a love lot. That. Yeah. Isn't that nice? Yeah. Back to food. Adam, any, what about your food fortnight? What have you been up to on the food scene? Yeah. Oh, my gosh. I mean, you know, normally when I share these things, it's not something I made. Right. But I was recently in Nashville. Oh, Ooh. okay. And I have to tell you that I had the number one food eating experience of my life. And wow. then followed it up the same place again. So two nights in a row, I ate at this restaurant called Urban Grub. Urban mm. Grub. Yes. Have you heard of this, possibly? I've heard I the name, I, but like just... In passing. Well, it came highly recommended. I went with a group of people, and the person who brought us there beforehand mentioned that he had been there before, and he's like, it's the top one of three places, I think, in the world. World traveler, the guy knows food. Uh, we went there. It was impeccable, and um, there may or may not have been some adult beverages, so I don't remember everything that I had <laughs> to describe in great detail, but <laughs> I will just mention one quick thing. Yeah. Is I finally had Wagyu beef. Oh, yeah. I know for a lot of people, that's like a, you know, like a big deal. Yeah, yeah it is. But, oh, my God. Uh, if you've never experienced this, uh, do yourself a favor and treat yourself. It's not cheap. Mm -hmm. No. Uh, I think it cost, it was something like $36 an ounce. Yeah. Um, wow. Wow. Yeah. That's expensive. And I think we got like around like nine ounces and we sort of shared it around the table. Just cut it up. Mm -hmm. It's like an appetizers to share. But it was so like melty and flavorful in your yep. mouth. It was like this out-of-body experience. And then the other funny part about eating it is everyone had it at the same time. And I was looking around the table and just all these people. Their <laughs> eyes like are rolling back in their head. Exactly. It's just like, <laughs> oh. <laughs> but uh, I've been hearing about it for so long and I was just so excited to try it. And then I got to have it again the following night, a different cut. Wow. But it Lovely. was just so, so tremendous. That's great. So tremendous. It's interesting because, you know, Amy, he's kind of our eater and we're kind of the cooks. You realize that? Yeah, yeah. He, he's always talking about places he's eaten. That's wonderful. Mm. Uh, speaking of Nashville, I had an incredible meal at a new restaurant in the Berkshires of Massachusetts called Sage and Sparrow. Oh, the I saw that. The chef actually moved up from... Uh, Nashville. His name's R.J. Cooper. He's a James Beard award-winning chef. He used to have restaurants in Nashville, St. Stephen and Aqua, but now he's in the Berkshires mm -hmm. and we are the better for it. It's an incredible tasting menu. And the coolest thing was I was there with my 15-year-old who ate 
everything. It's like this kid went from being a picky eater to a full-on gourmand in one day. It was amazing. Wow, it it must be that good. What's the name of it? It's called again? Sage and Sparrow, and it's at the Wheatley Hotel in Lenox, Massachusetts. And it's oh, I love Lenox. Wonderful, I love. That's actually yeah. not too far Beautiful. from us. Maybe we'll go during the holidays. Ooh, highly That's recommend. That's wonderful. So good. Excellent. Excellent. Now on to cooking. What have yes. you been making, David? So much of my cooking lately has been for the website because photographing everything. So it's been baking for me. So mm-hmm. I made these wonderful peppermint brownies. So they're brownies, mm. really wonderfully thick and dense with some peppermint extract in it, but also a white peppermint frosting with chopped up peppermint candy canes on top, nice. which was great. And then a classic Scottish shortbread. Do you like classic Scottish shortbreads? I love it. I like shortbread. I didn't realize that Scottish shortbreads are so much less sweet. I didn't mm. realize that. So it, you, the butter really comes out and I use some imported butter and oh, it was exquisite. And I also made a tortier. You know what a tortier is? Which mm-hmm. for those who don't, that is a French Canadian meat pie made with pork. And oh my God, I love it. Spices. It was so, so good. Lots of spice, a lot of warming spices, a great buttery crust. So that's the kind of things that I have been doing basically for work and then eating and eating and eating. Thank God I'm on Manjaro. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe Manjaro should sponsor me. Yeah. Wouldn't that be nice if they sponsored us? Hey, Manjaro. <laughs> Thank you. How about you? What have you been making and eating? So and I've been kind of getting into the you know Christmas baking mode. So we celebrate both Hanukkah and Christmas in my house. So it's a lot of mm-hmm. gifts to figure out and organize and a lot of cooking. We had latkes the other night and then oh. I made a bunch of cookies. So pecan puffs are kind of the absolute must have. They're like Mexican wedding cookies or Russian tea cakes. It's the same idea. It's made with pecans. It's like a shortbread with pecans. Little, you know, rolled in sugar, powdered sugar. They look like little snowballs. Yeah, yeah. So good. I'm working on making Leibkuchen, which yeah, is Leibkuchen. the, yeah, they're so Leibkuchen. good. Leibkuchen. Leibkuchen. <laughs> I'm kind of on this German Christmas thing. Like I, mm-hmm. I, I also love making Stalin now, um, which is just Stalin or stolen. Stalin. Sh- stolen. I said I always said stolen, but it's Stalin. Stolen. Sto- stolen. Stalin. Stolen. I think it's. I don't know Stalin. why I'm giving it. I'm giving it a Yiddish thing. Stolen. <laughs> that sounds Scandinavian to me. <laughs> uh, but yeah, right. Yeah. It's so. Not even German. <laughs> <laughs> so I did. <laughs> I'm in the wrong part of the world. I'm geographically challenged. Okay. <laughs> so uh, I developed a recipe for Stalin that I really like. Um, mm-hmm. it has Mars? It has the almond paste in it and really good dried mm. fruit. The good stuff. Like I don't know. I'm not a big raisin person. I don't put raisin in my Stalin, yeah. but some people do. And then these ginger snap brownies that are a recipe I developed for Yankee last year, and those are they're oh, so good. Nice. It's like the texture of a brownie, the flavor uh-huh. of a molasses clove slash ginger snap cookie. And of course, we're going to link to all of these recipes in the show notes for this episode. Absolutely. Now, let me ask you, let's go back to latkes. Have you ever made latke with potato and grated apple? I have a sweet potato and apple latke recipe that's in the Apple Lovers Cookbook, and it's definitely a go-to recipe for me. But not regular potato. No, not like russets or Yukon Gold. I could imagine doing it with uh, Granny Smith apples, something tart. 
and it would go well. Yeah, and that would hold up to the frying because we have a cheddar and potato latke on the site, Ooh. but I think some grated apple in there, put it right nice. over the top, right over the top. See, I'm very, very <laughs> Boston today, right over the top, right over the top. <laughs> yes, mother darling. I think um, in Boston, it would be more like right over the top. Top. The top, yeah, right the over the top. 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 top to me sounds more like New York. I don't know, like Long yeah, Island. That's true, yeah, that's Right yeah. over the top. So, uh, <laughs> no, I love, I could, I I want to be Jewish just so I can eat latkes all the time. Yeah. I think latkes are wonderful. It is. I just, oh, the it's great. best, best, yeah. And actually, if you ever had, now I'm going really wild here, two latkes stuffed, like a, a latke Reuben, so instead of bread, it's latkes, and then there's oh all the God. Reuben inside. I have you ever it makes had that? My, I have to say that makes me feel like queasy because it just seems so rich. But I could imagine if you were in the mood for something well, rich. It is rich, but it's delicious. Maybe you can make yeah. them small like little amuse-bouches, but oh my God, can you imagine that? So good. A Reuben in between two latkes. Wow. I've definitely oh. seen latka sandwiches and it's quite something. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay, so what are you going to be making this year for Christmas? Well, it's interesting that you ask because we have been going back and forth and back and forth about this because we're not inviting anybody. It's going to be a very quiet Christmas mm. Eve and Christmas Day for us. It, it tends to be a smaller holiday than Thanksgiving for us, but the one wanted... He just really wanted to go all out. So I'm making fresh olive oil poached cod mm -hmm. for my cookbook. And the oil is lemon and herb. It's been steeped with lemon and herb. And then mm -hmm. you poach the cod in that. And then there will also be garlic broccoli rob. So broccoli mm -hmm. rob that's been seared in a garlic oil. But we're going to start off with a torchon, a torchon of uh, foie gras. Oh, Wow. Yeah, which we're ordering because we, we both love that. And then for Christmas dinner, very traditional for us is oyster stew. He grew up eating oyster stew. Uh -huh. um, and it was just, you know, his mom really couldn't afford very much. So it was this little container of oysters in milk. That's all it was. Mm -hmm. But now we do it in cream and all these other things. So we start off with that. Then we're doing individual beef wellingtons, which I think will be lovely. Beautiful. And then... Potatoes dauphinoise Ooh. on the side. And then that's just wonderful because it's 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 like a gratin, but instead of having the cheese in between the different layers of potatoes, it's mostly on the top and of course all that cream and, and then the thyme in there, which is delicious. And then a our favorite, favorite dessert of all time, chocolate cake with peanut butter frosting. Nice. It is just How do you, so what good. are your tricks for a really moist chocolate cake? Okay, so here we go. Thank you for asking that a couple of things. I follow the Hershey chocolate cake recipe because oh, yeah. it uses oil, right? Because butter back then, when that recipe came out was during wartime, butter was scarce. So they used oil and they also use a cup of boiling water. So Ina Garten has made this famous now because she uses boiling water that she puts coffee granules in or maybe she gets really hot coffee. All of that is right out of the cookbook from Hershey's. And I have to tell you, it is so moist. Mm. It's it's just, it's incredible. You must make it. If you've ever made that one with the water and the oil. No, but I have made a hot water, a boiling water chocolate cake. There's a version mm -hmm. of it that's called Denver Sheet Cake that uses boiling oh. water. And it's uh -huh. so moist. It's wonderful. So moist. And I just think, I'm going to see if I can develop 
other recipes using that technique, like for yeah. a vanilla cake, because it's just, it's so extraordinary. Yeah. It's so extraordinary. And uh, then the peanut butter frosting is very easy. It's got peanut butter, mascarpone cheese, heavy whipping cream, and you just like blend it all up and it's just amazing. It's just oh, so that good. That sounds so good. How about you? Well, what are you having for Christmas? So I'm traveling a lot. I'm actually going to go to Miami in a couple of days to kind of Ooh. hit the tail end of Hanukkah with Scott's family. And I'll mm-hmm. be making a lot of latkes for a lot of people down there. And then we come back and a few days later go to my sister's for Christmas. Oh so my. I won't be doing, sadly, the whole thing, Christmas dinner, which I'm, I, I love. I don't know. I'm just at that stage of life where like, I want to have holidays in my own house. But it's more important <laughs> to be with the yeah. people. The people are more important. So typically the recipes that I like to do, and I'm going to recommend these and link to these recipes from the show notes, as we said, mom's green onion dip with ruffled potato chips. The green, it's so simple. It's like cream cheese, scallions, a little Worcestershire sauce, a little milk to thin it out. Nope, just cream cheese and a milk to to thin it out. It's so good. And I like to take a little bit of the oil from like a chili crisp, bottle, you know, and, mm-hmm. and just drizzle a little chili oil over it. Nice, it's, Amy. It's kind of red and green. It's so delicious. So that's always, that's going to be there. I'll make it if nobody else does. Then we, mm-hmm. usually for Christmas Eve, it's mon- it's all about the monocotti made with, you know, fresh crepes filled with like mm-hmm. an herbed, you know, ricotta filling. And then uh-huh. I developed for Yankee a kind of cheater bolognese made with sausage. So it's a lot faster and easier to put oh, together, nice. but it's got lots of flavor. That's a go-to. And my favorite Christmas Eve dessert, because my mom would always make a Charlotte Russe, a vanilla Charlotte Russe for Christmas right. Eve at my grandmother's. But Tell I, people what Charlotte Russe is in case they don't know. Okay, so a Charlotte Russe is a, it's a classic French kind of gateau where it's got lady fingers around the outside and on the bottom mm-hmm. and it's filled with like a stabilized Bavarian cream. It has gelatin in it and egg and whipped mm-hmm. cream. Delicious. Yeah. Mom always made that, but I turned it into a tiramisu Charlotte Russe. So, oh, nice. Now, do you make your own lady fingers? No, I don't do that. No, good. No, no need to. <laughs> it's no just need. why. Like what's, right. they're, they're yeah. so good when you, yeah, and you're soaking them in coffee anyway. So what's the right. point? Um, so yeah, but you're, you're just layering this mascarpone infused cream with the coffee, with a little bit of, you know, any kind of liqueur you want really. Um, mm. And layering that. So when you slice it, you get this beautiful layer of lady fingers in the middle that are soaked and nice. but you have the pretty lady fingers on the outside. It's just Gorgeous. Dust it with a little cocoa powder on top. And then for Christmas Day, Christmas morning, we make mom's cherry nut cake, which is fabulous and really easy. It's a bunt cake. A little slow roasted beef tenderloin or a slow roasted dry cured rib roast. So talk to me about slow roasted tenderloin. What's that? Okay. So this is the method I know you know this of the reverse sear, right? Of the reverse sear, yeah. Explain what that is. You're cooking your meat on a very low temperature for a longer (laughs) period of time. When you do that, you get this gorgeous, evenly red or pink, depending on how much you cook it. Top to bottom, left to right, yeah. Top to bottom. Instead of having that line of gray around the outside, followed by a line of light pink, followed by a line of you know darker pink, maybe with a little red in the center. This is perfectly evenly cooked. And then when you take it out of the oven, you sear the outside in a pan so that you get that beautiful browning. Like a wicked hot pan. So it's very fast, right? Very quickly, 
but you want that really nice like brown crust. I think it's the best way, especially if you're investing in a really nice piece of meat, like a tenderloin or a rib roast, mm-hmm. absolutely the best way to, to treat it. What do you do with that method, David? I don't really use reverse sear very often. I've done it mm-hmm. with steaks, like really thick, thick steaks. I've yeah. not done it with the tenderloin. I just did a tenderloin not too long ago, and it was the the gray to the pink all the way down to the deep red in the middle. Right. Uh, so no, I've never done it. And it depends on how thick the tenderloin. I do this with like a very yeah. thick tenderloin, not a thin one. Yeah, you yeah. need to. And our steaks, I think, were like two inches. And so therefore, it made it, it was very lovely. But I don't do reverse sear very often. I really should think yeah. more about that. Hmm. Yeah, it's just, I don't know, if it's a nice cut of meat, I love to do that. You could also do it with various like pork cuts, you know, because those often benefit from that gentle heat. And then Mm -hmm. uh, lobster mashed potatoes. How does that sound? That's 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 a recipe. Again, it's it's a little fancy. Little fancy schmancy there. Yeah, Yeah, that's what they have up there in Boston, you know. (laughs) It's a recipe we got from a chef named Justin Walker who has this great restaurant called Walker's in Cape Nettick, Maine. It's delicious. I mean, you know, that way you get the surf and turf. Do you have the actual lobster and the mashed potatoes or is it that they take the shells and, because this could be interesting too, take the shells and then steep the shells in milk or heavy cream to really extract all that flavor? That that would be even better. That would be right? even better. Even this is, better. This is a delicious classic mashed potato with lobster folded in and a little bit of sour cream oh and you know just God. very nice. But but to really infuse the yeah or to cook the potatoes in water yeah. with shells yeah. to get that the would flavor. Be great. So good. Ooh. Love that idea. Good idea, David. <laughs> <laughs> and then for I like a bun cake like you. I like cake for dessert on Christmas. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. Whether it's a lemon pistachio bunt cake or this year I, ha- I did a mocha bunt cake with a coffee drizzle. That's delicious. Nice. So anyway, we could go on and on. And my other favorite cake recipe for Christmas is a chocolate peppermint cloud cake. So it's a chocolate chiffon cake. And the mm-hmm. topping is simply whipped cream. This is reminding me of your brownies. It's, it's whipped cream with crushed peppermint folded into it. So it turns yeah. this lovely pink color. It has that wonderful peppermint flavor. Yeah, love that. Oh, that's great. That's why I think that your Christmas meals are totally besting mine. Totally. Really? Oh, yeah. You're kidding because there's just two of us. And it's just ours is simple. You got all these things you're going to be making. Yours is so classic and elegant. And I love that you're doing beef wellington. I meant to ask you because that's a really hard thing to do. How do you do do a beef wellington? Well, we're doing individual ones, so it's yeah. a lot easier. That's where I would very slowly cook it so you don't overcook it. And yes. then you take it out, let it cool to room temperature. And then what I do is I will, I do the duxelle of mushrooms. So they're all, that's a chopped up mushrooms that have been sauteed in butter, a little bit of sherry, a little bit of shallot. And then I slather on like a foie gras, pate mm. like a, you just get from the supermarket and that's mm-hmm. kind of acts as the spackle to keep mm-hmm. the mushrooms on the beef wrap the beef in the puff pastry and then put it back in the oven at a very high temperature so it puffs up but because it's small they're like hockey puck size right they cook in no time so you don't have to worry about that am i cooked in the middle is it going to be right. raw in the middle and it's just and i make little like holly leaves i put them on top and Aww. it's very pretty yeah it's very easy very lovely you don't have Gordon Ramsay's angry face like in your head while you're making Beef Wellington? <laughs> no, why? Why he doesn't like Beef Wellington? <laughs> he had a no, it's his signature and he has he had the show Hell's Kitchen and that was yeah. like the dish that 
a lot of chefs would screw up and he'd be in their faces screaming, you know, with his veins <laughs> bulging. <laughs> oh, Gordon, 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 Gordon. Life's too short. Right, well, Life's too short. I know. So, David, I want to know, yes. what do you mm-hmm. want for Christmas this year other than support from our loyal listeners, patreon.com slash talking with my mouthful? So we can keep our show running for years and years and years. I have to say I'm very blessed that there's nothing I need. That's a mm-hmm. great feeling. There's nothing I need. And really there's nothing I want. But if there was one thing that I could get, actually you gave it to me last year, or maybe it was two years ago, was the fried clam kit from Woodman's. Yes. Up in Essex. I loved that. Oh, I loved that kit. So that would be a fun thing to get. It's like a make your own fried clam kit. Fried clam kit. And of course, you guys know that I'm a fried clam nut. So is Amy. And that would be a fun thing to have. But I have to say, I know this is a very boring answer. I am just very grateful that I got through this year. It's been a very tough year for so many people. And mm-hmm. so really, just it's just enough for me to be with the one. Yes. So how about you? Here you go, roll out that very long list of things that you want. (laughs) Well, you know, is gifting a love language for me? Yes. Okay, it is. (laughs) Um, It's my number one love language. But uh, I vote like giving and receiving of gifts is definitely something that I like. But Uh I definitely feel like, you know, having my family together is... Mm-hmm. is absolutely the best thing. And as we age and as our parents have aged, you know, it's all the more precious right now. But in terms of stuff, uh, stuff. <laughs> I was stuff. very happy to learn that Williams-Sonoma is carrying a limited line of products from Fortnum and Mason's in London. Mm. You cannot go on Fortnum and Mason's website. I tried and buy like one of their special picnic hampers filled with jams and teas and biscuits. Can't do it, but... William Sonoma does have some products, and actually Scott gave me a little assortment of their teas for Hanukkah, and I'm really enjoying it. So that that is one oh, thing. Very cool. The other thing, food gift that I would recommend is there's a jam maker in Vermont named V Smiley. Literally, the letter V and then v, Smiley yeah. S M I L E Y. She makes mm-hmm. the most delicious jams. They are so good. They're sweetened with honey. She uses fruit that she grows on her family's farm. I mean, it's oh, about wow. as wholesome as you could imagine. And the flavor, it's so fresh. It's so vibrant. And she does really cool combinations like raspberry and rose geranium. You know, just, just oh, very yummy, nice. different. Yeah. So that would be another thing. And that's that's you can mail order that. And I love uh I love the eggnog from Arethusa Farms in Connecticut. Have oh, you had Yes, yes, yes. So of course I have. Oh my gosh. Yes. That's something that I really should have said. Thank you for reminding me. We get as soon as they come out here, because Arethusa Farm is only about 25, 30 minutes away from us. As soon as that comes out, we pillage all the stores. The oh. one comes home with five, six, eight quarts of those things. We love it so much. And he will just, he hoards it. So our drinking bottles that we have, because yes. you need to drink like a half a gallon of water a day or a quart a day. Yes. They're all Arethusa. Oh, they're all Arethusa so eggnog great. bottles that we drink our water from every day. And they come up with a new bottle design every year so you can collect them. Every year. It's every so year, absolutely. And yeah. their their tagline is where every cow is a lady. Yes. 
<laughs> is a lady and is treated as such. <laughs> they really are. I mean, they are, it's amazing how they treat their cows. It is. I spent a day there. We shampooed. We gave them like a shampoo with really nice that. hair shampoo. They, they clean their hooves and they do the shampooing and they brush them out and they really are spoiled cows. Yeah, yeah. Oh, have you ever made, by the way, a steamed pudding, a kind of that classic English steamed pudding? I Wanted to do it this year and I, I didn't, I had a little trouble finding suet and then it got to be a little bit too late and I, I didn't do it this year, but I really want to yeah. make it. Mary Berry, you know, Mary Berry. Mary of, Berry, um, yeah. Mary Berry. She has a recipe that it, we, her program was on PBS and hers can be done in seven days and you don't need <gasps> really? suet. Yeah. I oh, was I thinking of maybe making that. I was thinking maybe making that. So that could be on our table too. I was looking at J our friend Jamie Oliver's recipe and it was more traditional. A look at Mary Berry's one. Mary Berry. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, it's been delightful to talk with you both about your holiday celebrations and we wish you all the happiest of holidays. We will be back in we two do. weeks with a New Year's episode full of atypical resolutions and our silliest predictions for 2024. Talking With My Mouthful is produced by Overt Studios and our producer is the merriest of merry, Adam Claremont. You can reach Adam and Overt Studios at overtstudios.com. And remember to follow Talking With My Mouthful wherever you download your favorite podcasts. And as Amy said earlier, we are self-funded. So if you want to continue this marvelous, joyous, serotonin-boosting show you've come to know and love, would you consider supporting us? Just like public media. Go to patreon.com slash talking with my mouthful. Ciao. Bye, David. Talking with my mouthful is produced by Overt Studios, and our producer is the merriest of Mary, Adam Cl Adam Cratchit. I was gonna say Adam Cratchit. <laughs> I was thinking of a Christmas Carol. <laughs> Uh, I was going to say anything but Scrooge's. <laughs> <laughs>